Amen. Amen. Oh, amen. Are we in awe of God? <laughs> we should be. We should be in awe of God. He, he does more for us than we realize in moments that we don't realize it. Um, he's always, he knows exactly where you're at right now. He knows exactly what's going on in your heart. And he cares and loves you. I just, and he wants to bless you. and He wants to give you peace. Aren't you thankful that he stands firm on his promises and follows through on them? Amen. If, if, we are, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He is faithful and just to do what? To forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I, that just the, 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 he is faithful and just. He says he's going to do it. He does it. And we get to stand in that. We get to walk in that. And that should just, that idea should fill us with his awe. Just fill us with awe. Every day. Every day. Uh, I'm excited to start this new series. We've, uh, we've, we did our 40 days of prayer to start the year with the Alliance. We then went into our, uh, to the Family Festival of Nations, and we've had a great two weeks with that. And now we're going to start a new series. And if, we, if you look at the calendar, uh, guess what's six weeks away? Easter. It's only six weeks away, which amazes me because uh, it's cold out there, right? It's supposed to be getting warmer, right? Uh, especially here in Georgia. It, it was, it was 30 to 35 degrees here yesterday, and I looked to see what it was for Brandon up in Montana, and it was 56. And uh, I said, this just isn't right. Something's wrong here. <clears throat> but they're colder today than we are, so uh, that's okay. But we're going to be starting the series, and really over the next five weeks, we're going to be, and the idea is that we'll be preparing for this Easter season. And the, the, the theme for this series is pursuing the Father's heart, because really that's what we need to focus on. Uh, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6, and really we're going to be in there each week. And each week my, my Bible has different headings, five different headings. Uh, the first one being giving to the needy, which we're going to talk about today in generosity. Uh, next week, prayer. The next week, fasting. The next week, treasures in heaven. And then the next week is about worry. Another way we can approach this and think about this is, is spiritual disciplines. And, and this, of course, is not an exhaustive list of spiritual disciplines, but these are spiritual disciplines that we have the privilege of practicing in our lives. And so as we take each one, we want to think about each of these different topics and say, Father, what is your heart in this subject? And then we need to pursue his heart. In this subject. And, and the reason that we do this is because uh, from time to time, we, we kind of tend to sometimes maybe fall away from his heart. Anyone? Sometimes? It's, it's okay to admit that. That's why we're here. We're family. We're brothers and sisters. And when we can admit that, that's when we get to come together and hold each other up and encourage each other and strengthen each other. We ask these questions. What are the things that draw us to him and how can I lean more into those things? But then also, what are those things that may draw us from him? And what do I need to do to step away from those things? Especially in these areas that we're going to be looking at. So I'm going to ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. And uh, I'm going to invite you to stand. And we're going to read the first uh, 
first part here in chapter 6, Matthew. I'm actually going to start in Matthew chapter 5 with verse 48. So if anyone has to turn a page for that, there's your warning. Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these words, words of Jesus, words of Jesus. I thank you that we have these here, that we can take this morning and read these, look into these words, and say, Father, what is your heart in this matter? Am I pursuing your heart? Father, we thank you for your presence here with us. We are your children gathered to give you glory. And we open our hearts and our minds to you, Holy Spirit, help us do that so we receive what it is that you are saying to us, but more importantly, so we could take what it is that you are saying and apply it to our lives and take it out into this world that so desperately needs you. Thank you that we get to be your ambassadors to a lost world. Father, we ask for your blessings on this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So before we jump into the topic, giving to the needy, generosity, I want to talk a little bit about these first two verses, uh, Matthew 5, 48 and, and chapter 6, verse 1. And, and I want to say that in my opinion, I just do not understand why they put the, bro why they put the break of the chapter right there. Because to me, those two verses go together and actually make one. This is my opinion. You're going to disagree if you would like. I am fine with that. But I wish that 6 would have started either, either 548 would have actually been 6-1 or 6-1 would have actually been 549 because I feel like that that's one thought. Jesus states and says, he says, be perfect as the Father is perfect. That's the heart that we get to pursue, a perfect heart. We get to pursue a perfect heart in the Father. How well are we doing that? We get to strive for perfection. We get to strive towards righteousness to be like him. And, and, and as these verses are here and introduce the fact that God is perfect and we are challenged to be perfect and that we need to practice our righteousness. And when we are practicing our righteousness, we get to do that in these areas of generosity, in these areas of prayer, in fasting, whatever it might be. All of these are the pursuits of the Father, Father's hearts. So what do you pursue? What do you, what do you pursue? I, and I ask that question, and, and to me, when I, if someone were to ask me that question, I immediately have things that come to my mind that I pursue. Among those things that we pursue, do we pursue perfection? Do we pursue righteousness? Are these the things that we do? 
Jesus is saying these things because the culture here, the culture that they have, is these are things that they understand, especially the culture of the Jewish leaders. And the Jewish leaders tend to, in these settings, be a lot more uh, about their actions and their outward appearance to people rather than what's in their heart. And we know that because if you look back just the, the chapter before, Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, he challenges them. He says, for I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, these were the, the leaders, weren't they? These were the, the spiritual leaders, and now he's telling the folks that, hey, unless your righteousness is better than theirs, you won't get to inhabit the kingdom of heaven. He's saying this about their leaders. And Jesus was known to do this. This wasn't something that just happened once or twice, but he did this throughout his ministry. If you look at Matthew 23, Verses 27 and 28, it says this, Woe to you, teachers. Now, okay, I'll say this. These two, this is where I'm starting. But if you, you start even before this, he, sees, he says even more things to them. Okay? But we're just starting right here. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the death and everything unclean. And then it goes on to say this. What's the next? Is there a next part? In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. So on the outside, they are doing all the right things. But on the inside, their heart is not pursuing the Father. It, it, it saddens me to stop and think about some of my experiences with the American church, and maybe some of you have had that, that it's almost been more important to follow the rules and do the right thing than pursue the heart of the Father. Have you experienced that? Are we guilty of that? We have to be honest and even ask ourselves, are we guilty of doing that? Are we imposing these rules and these, these right ways of living on other people? Or are we encouraging them to pursue the heart of the Father? Because that's the problem here. That's, that's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, listen, the way you guys act, it's, not, it's, it's about the heart that's inside. And so as we begin this series, this, this series of pursuing the heart of the Father, this time of preparing for Easter, I'll tell you, get excited about Easter. Christmas, Easter, both exciting times. I think as a kid, I look forward more to Christmas, right? <laughs> well, why not? Presents, who else, right? But as I've gotten older, I look more and more forward to Easter, and what we celebrate. And, and, and yes, it's that time of year and we should be celebrating that all year. We get to celebrate that all year. But it's just something that we do. The question is, do we have areas in our life where we've become pharisaical? Where we've become kind of rote or commonplace or lax and we just, we do things because it's just what we're supposed to do. Instead of pursuing the heart of the Father. You guys know this. I enjoy disc golf. It's what I like to do. Uh, any of you have an activity that you enjoy to do? Yeah. Do, do you, do, when, you, when you have an activity that you do, do you want to improve and get better at that activity? 
Yeah. And so you take steps, you look for things so that you can do that. So I'm on YouTube. I'm looking for videos to improve my, uh, I don't know, improve my skills at disc golf. And I come across this video that's called Real, uh, Feel Verse Real. Feel Verse Real. And what it talked about was this concept of, I feel like, you may often feel like you're doing the right things, to accomplish the goal that you're looking for. But in reality, you're probably not. And so in this particular thing, he says, take a camera, video yourself, and look to see if what you think you're doing is actually what you're doing or not. And you'll probably find that if you're not getting the results you're looking for, that you're probably not actually doing what you feel like you're doing. Okay, and so I'm not gonna go into technique of throwing with disc golf. I'm gonna instead switch and do. My wife has coached gymnastics for years, and she did gymnastics as a kid, and so then my daughter has done gymnastics, okay? I don't know how many times I've heard my wife say to a gymnast, you gotta point your toes. I don't know how many times, okay? On top of that, I don't know how many times they have then responded, I am pointing my toes. Guess what we just saw? Toes not pointed. I don't know how many times I heard my wife say to my daughter, Isabel, you've got to keep the legs together when you go over. And Isabel says, I am keeping my legs together. No, no, we just watched you. You didn't. And then we show a video to her, and she's like, oh. The feel is that we did it right. But reality is that we didn't. And so my question is now, as we are looking at this idea of pursuing the Father's heart, maybe we feel like I'm in a right spot. I'm in a good spot. I feel like I'm good. But are we going to take some time and actually say, is my feeling real? Am I really doing the right things. And so that's the hope over these next five weeks is that we'll stop and say in these areas and maybe the Holy Spirit leads you to some other areas to say you may feel like things are right, but what's the reality? Is there something that we need to adjust? And so today we're looking at this spiritual discipline, this idea of generosity. And so we got three things I'm going to look at real quick for this. And, and this is awesome. The back screen has gone out and I got no clock. So buckle up. All right, no. The first thing is this. Um, followers of Jesus get to be givers. Followers of Jesus get to be givers. That, that's what we get to do. If you look at verse two, I love verse two. It starts with this. So when you give, when you give, so when you give, To me, Jesus is making a statement that giving is automatic. He's not saying if you give. He's not saying, you know, when the time rolls around and you end up giving. It says when you give. So giving should be automatic. Giving is something that we get to do. Giving was part of this culture. Uh, if, if you go back, I mean, you see so much in the Old Testament. I mean, they, they had the tithe, and they had other things that they had to give for at different times. And, and so there was constantly giving going on. And, and we, we were like, well, we, you know, they didn't have to pay taxes. Well, in a big way, they did, because a lot of what they gave was going right back to the whole country and to the nation. And so they were giving quite a bit. If you really count it and look at it, probably more like 30, 35% of their income was actually being given 
Okay, so they were already given. But then there are other places in Scripture where it talks about what they actually, uh, that, that, that the giving was part of their culture. So Le- Leviticus chapter 25, verses 35 and 36 says, If any of your fellow Israelites become poor and are unable to support themselves among you, help them as you would a foreigner or stranger. And again, here it is. Help your brother as you would a foreigner. It doesn't say, you know, if you help a foreigner, then you should also then help your fellow Israelite. It says, like you do when you help a foreigner and stranger. So it was automatically part of their culture. So they can continue to live among you. Do not take interest or any profit from them, but fear your God so that they may continue to live among you. So giving was part of what they did. Deuteronomy 15.11 says there will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. So giving was something that God commanded. Giving was something that was part of their culture. Giving was, was something they did that they, that, they, that they got to do. They get to give. We get to give. Generous giving is at the heart of the Father. And, the, and I believe this, giving happens when Christ is first in our lives. When Christ is first in our lives, giving happens. If you want to flip over, I'm going to go to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, this is the letter to who? The church in Corinth, okay? To the church in Corinth. But here, Paul stops and he says, okay, letter, okay, church in Corinth, I'm talking to you, but I want to talk about the church in Macedonia real quick. I want to point out what they're doing. And so there, chapter 8, verse 1, Paul says this, and now, brothers and sisters, talking to the church in Corinth, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. I I, I don't believe that happened on their own. I don't believe that happened in their own selves. It happened because of Jesus. It happened because of Christ in them. Verse 3, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded beyond... I'm sorry. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. Wow. Underline verse 4. The Macedonians urgently pleaded for the privilege of sharing in the service of the Lord's people. Do we urgently plead for the privilege of giving? Verse 5, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first, to all, first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Why? Because they gave to the Lord first. They put God first. And so this this grace of giving welled up inside of them. Verse verse 8 says, I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. 
who say, I'm not commanding you to do this, but look what your brothers and sisters are doing. They counted a privilege to give. Paul is spurring them on towards good works, isn't he? He's saying, look at what your brothers and sisters, this is good. I want it. I'm not commanding you, but I want to encourage you to do likewise. Are we pursuing the Father's heart? Are we asking ourselves, how are we doing at giving financially? How are we doing? Now, for me, when I think about this, there's three main ways that I think about giving. Um, and, 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 and I tell you, I know this is, this, you say, well, this is talking about giving to the needy. Yes. No. <laughs> um, there's three ways. One, yes, giving to the needy. Uh, two was a uh, second way is, is what we just spent last week doing, and that's the GCF. We, we are part of the Alliance. We have the Great Commission Fund. We send people all over the world, and, and, and I think it's good that we give to that. And so if you haven't filled out that blue um, slip, if you haven't done a faith promise, please take time and do that. It's important that we do that. Are we giving to the needy? At the end of today's service, the deacons will be in the back and we're collecting our benevolence offering. That's, that's to help people in need. Do you give part? We do that the, the um, communion Sunday every month. Are there other ways in the community that we give? The third way is to this local body of believers. We give to our church. We give to this church. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, last uh, May, we voted and we approved a budget and we said this is how much we need income to be able to cover our expenses for this next year. And I, I'm just going to say, guess what? We have fallen a bit short of that budget. We have not, the giving has not been for us and that budget this year. We've been a little below. And so the good part is our expenses haven't been as high <laughs> as what we were projecting them to be. Uh, but we still haven't given as much as we have spent. We've spent a little bit more, okay? We've been careful, but our giving hasn't been there. And so this is just an opportunity for us to stop and say, is the way I feel about my giving, is it the reality? Is it really after God's heart? And I'll tell you, it's hard for me to stand up here and talk about give to the church. Because I... That, I want to stand up here and say, are we pursuing the heart of the Father in the area of giving? The second thing, followers of Jesus need to be mindful of our motivation for giving. We need to be mindful of our motivation for giving. And so I just want to look at these verses right here, Matthew 6, first one. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. We don't do this to be seen by someone else. We do this because God calls us to be perfect and we are pursuing righteousness. We are doing this for him, not to be seen by others. Verse 2 says, um, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. We don't make, we don't, we don't make a Seen. We don't draw attention to ourselves when we give. We just do it. We don't say, look at me. <laughs> I'm giving. 
We don't, we don't, after we've given, go and tell a story. Hey, let me tell you what I did. I helped someone out and did this and this and this and this. We don't, we don't announce it. When we give, we do it in secrecy. It says we hide it from our right hand from our left hand. We try to hide it even from ourselves. Why? Because sometimes us giving can lead to pride. Sometimes our good deeds and the things that we do could lead to pride in our own hearts. If you look over at Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, Jesus uh, tells a parable. And he says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up at heaven. He beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. We hide our giving and we chase after the heart of the Father because the heart of the Father in giving is about humility. It's about being humble. What is the motivation for our giving? Is it humility? Or is it to impress others? Third thing I want us to see there in verse four is this. Followers of Jesus get to pursue God's reward for selfless giving. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Will reward you. Who wants a reward? Who wants a reward? I, I want a reward. I want a reward. Proverbs 11.25 says this. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Anyone feeling tired, worn out, and not refreshed right now? Anyone? Go refresh someone else. What's it say? Get your eyes off of you. Get your eyes somewhere else. Go refresh someone else. And what's it say? You will be, do you believe God? Are his promises true? Has he proven himself faithful? Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. This is what a, gener a generous person will prosper. Does it say your bank account will grow? No. It says you'll be refreshed. Psalms 41.1, blessed are those who have regard for the weak. The Lord deliver, delivers them in times of trouble. Are you generous with those around you? Jesus says, God says he'll deliver you. I'm going to flip back over to 2 Corinthians and look at chapter 9 this time. It says, remember this, verse 6, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. What am I supposed to give? God, what am I supposed to give? We should ask that. 
Two weeks ago, we were starting Family Festival of Nation. I said, okay, Lord, what am I supposed to give? He gave me a number. So I wrote it down. And that's what I'm going to give. And I'm glad to do that. I want to do that. Because I know what it's going to. I'm excited to do that. We feel the same way. If you're feeling like, I don't want to do this, Lord, you know what it's like. I got this bill and that bill. This is coming up, that's coming up. We don't give reluctantly. We don't give under compulsion. We give cheerfully. And if we are walking with Jesus, truly walking with Jesus, that should, it should just come up out of us and we should give. Verse 8, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You will abound in more money. Is that what it said? Oh, you will abound in every good work. As you give, your works will become good even more because you're pursuing the Father's heart and his heart's going to come out in what you do. Verse 9, as it is written... I'm going to keep reading. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Will, will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Be perfect as I am perfect. How do I do that? I do these things and it says he will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. When you act in God's heart, he enlarges our righteousness. We don't become perfect on our own. He makes us perfect. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. That's, that's why we give. God is generous to us. I, I, I look around this room right now and I got to say, I'm looking at all you guys. Y'all look pretty good. Y'all put on some nice clothes today. Y'all probably got to stand there in front of a closet or dresser and say, what of all of these things do I get to put on today? We didn't have to say, I got one, info, I got one outfit. It's what I put on. I'm looking out. I think most of us slept in a bed under a roof last night. We didn't sleep out in this cold 23, 21 degree temperature. Most of us drove here in cars today. God has been so good to us, hasn't he? And so something we've been doing over the last few months is we've been having this time of thankfulness in our services. Time of thankfulness. And so we're going to do that now. And we're going to use that as our wrap-up this morning. And I want to read again Matthew 6, verses 3 and 4. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So what are you thankful for? How has God been generous to you? And then how do you show that generosity to him in return. Is, is the feel, do you feel like you're all right? Are you checking that against the truth of scripture and saying, God, what, I need to know what's real in my life. Are we pursuing the heart of the Father when it comes to generosity? I'm gonna pray for us. And after I pray, uh, Luke's gonna play and we're just gonna be 
We're going to take some time and we're going to thank God for who he is and what he's given us and what he's blessed us with. But then we're going to ask God, Father, how can I pursue your heart when it comes to giving, when it comes to generosity? Father, I know you love every person here and I'm thankful that I get to love every person here. They're my brothers and sisters and you. Thank you for all of your blessings. Pray that we will be generous because you have been generous to us. Thank you, Jesus. Let's spend some time in prayer.